let's talk about sending money abroad. You might think that's a pretty simple topic, and it should be, because sending money around the world is becoming more and more common in our businesses and in our lives. If you send money abroad with older methods, you're probably not getting the exchange rate you see on Google. They might mark up that rate to make extra money or charge you a big fee or both. Basically, using a traditional service to send money abroad is like going to McDonald's for a salad. They do it, but other people do it better. Instead, use TransferWise. TransferWise gives you a great rate and charges a low fee every time you send money to over 70 countries. Basically, TransferWise uses smart tech that makes their transfers more efficient, and they have a lot of clever people dedicated to one thing making international finance more fair. It's like how new websites make it cheaper and faster to book plane tickets. Well, TransferWise does the same thing, but for your money to travel instead. Their borderless account lets you hold over 40 currencies at once and convert them whenever you like. Don't take my word for it though. TransferWise has 4 million customers who save millions in bank fees every day. Test them out for free at transferwise.com slash yoga girl or download the app. Again, that's transferwise.com slash yoga girl. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. <laughs> I don't know why my <laughs> my instinct is just to 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 laugh right now. I'm just sitting here smiling, thinking about the fact that um, another week, another podcast. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I feel, sometimes I think about the podcast I recorded in the previous week, and I feel a little bit of pressure to, <laughs> to provide an update in terms of um, how things have evolved or how I'm doing or um, changes and decisions I've made. Am I following through? Um, and when I feel like I fail, <laughs> which of course uh, I fail all the time, my life is full of things I I, I can't really fully pull off. Um, my instinct is like, oh, maybe I should talk about something else. <laughs> so I'm like, hi and welcome to From the Heart Conversations of Yoga Girl. Oh, shit. <laughs> Last week's episode was called Maternity Leave, Schmaternity Leave. Um, and I, it's safe to say that this week uh, w- it has been a little bit heavier on Schmaternity Leave than actual maternity leave. <laughs> I got some really beautiful recommendations from you guys about what to call my my time off. Uh, and definitely calling it maternity leave is a joke. Calling it time off is also a joke. Um, so, you know, slowing down or settling into a different pace or uh, whatever I'm going to call it. How is it going? Um, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is, of course, because it's not going very well. <laughs> I've had a, I've had a lot of epiphanies. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like maybe I look for epiphanies and everything. I'm one of those people. I look for signs <laughs> in everything around me all the time. Anything that happens, I'm like, oh my God, it's a sign. And I'm, I'm just one of those people. Dennis thinks that if you look hard enough, everything is a sign. Have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Jeff Who Lives at Home? If you haven't, it's with Jason Segel, uh, I, uh, who I, oh, Jason Segel and Susan Sarandon, who I just love, and Ed Helms is in it. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. We just showed it in our last teacher training, actually, as the kind of movie night of the month that we had. If you haven't seen it, go see it. See it. It's awesome. But it's all about signs and feeling totally in tune and in sync with the universe. Um, and in that movie, Jeff, Jeff who lives at home, Jeff, he sees signs everywhere and everything. And then it sometimes laughs at me, like, really, like, if you're one of those people, like, you have to just start judging everything. If everything is a sign and you have to live your whole life that way you know letting the universe completely guide you there's always going to be a point where you receive contradicting messages there's always going to be a point where you feel like you're going in one direction and then something happens and like wait is this a sign how do you know when something is a sign or not 
And in that movie, there's like a point in that movie where it's like, there's a sign, everything is flowing, they're on their way to do something. And then all of a sudden traffic appears and just it's just this total clog on the highway. And like Jason Siegel and Ed Helms, they look at each other and Ed Helms is like, wait, what now? Is this a sign? Is this a sign that I'm supposed to stop? I'm not supposed to do this. And Jeff goes, well, you know, it's a constant struggle. <laughs> and I love that scene so much because I resonate so much with Jeff <laughs> and with both of them in that moment. Sometimes life is a constant struggle. Um, and listening to, to our inner voice and our intuition can be super challenging. Um, not letting, you know, contradicting voices take up too much space, listening to what other people say, to what's demanded of us by society, to the things we're supposed to do, the responsibilities we have versus that inner voice, that um, that listening to the universe and letting just life takes us, take us where we're supposed to go. It's really hard, you know, and I've had this feeling over the past couple of weeks, like I feel like life is taking me into a place where I... <laughs> where I stop working, where I retire. <laughs> I feel like life is sending me toward retirement. <laughs> or I feel like life is showing me all these signs that I'm supposed to just go live on a beach, kind of go back to the life I had when I was 21, except now with a husband and a baby and all these things, and just not work. And maybe I'll take up something really interesting like pottery. I've had this vision of myself. <laughs> oh my God, I feel embarrassed just saying this. I've had this vision of myself as a person who does pottery. I really like the idea of people who do pottery. Anyone, like a creative person who does anything creative with passion, like I've always wanted to be one of those kind of people. You know, a, a painter, like I have a really good friend of mine here in Aruba. She's a, an artist and she paints and, you know, she collects driftwood and she make, takes driftwood and she makes these amazing pieces of art with them or just a huge canvas. Uh, she just painted this massive mural on the side of our wall at the studio. And she'll just look at something where there's nothing and she creates something really beautiful out of it. And I'm so inspired by that. And there's something about the artist, uh, just because I, I'm not that type of person. I, I'm creative, but not in that sense. Anything that has to do with creating something with your hands, like sewing or, or painting yeah, or pottery or you know, any of those things, I am just, I'm just, terrible i'm i'm very far from you know music also like i'm, I'm really terrible at all those things i'm really good with <laughs> i'm really good with the kind of academic thinking and problem solving and i like to read and write but you know anything that has to do with working with your hands i just suck at um and anyway and i've had this vision of myself like what if you know we would kind of give everything up and we would move to the country I don't know what, what the country exactly is, if it's <laughs> what country is the country in, you know, like the countryside somewhere. Would it, maybe it's in Sweden. Maybe it's like in the US somewhere. Uh, maybe we stay where we are, but it's just like we, we, we take up this new life. Maybe it's, it's, it's kind of south of France. It's Provence. And we, we move to Provence <laughs> and we buy a little cottage surrounded by these beautiful like lavender fields. And I take up pottery uh, and Dennis uh, like goes and works at some sort of, I don't know, sets up a little shop or something in this little quaint little town and the baby goes to school and, and all day long I just, <laughs> what's, what's the word? Wait, there's a word here that I just learned. It's the verb of doing pottery. Ah, oh, fork. I have to Google it. Hold on. Okay, I found it. So the verb is throwing. Isn't that cool? Like I, if you didn't know that, then that can be your word your word of the week. So the process is called throwing when you twist or turn the ball of clay in the center of this table. Um, when you potter something, you throw 
clay. Isn't that so cool? So I had this vision of myself, like I would be one of those people and I would be really good at it, but not, you know, to sell. It's just like, I'm this person who's always, um, I basically just want to be Frankie and Grace and Frankie when I grow up. Like that's my dream. <laughs> and just stay at home and tend to the garden and, 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 and make beautiful things with my hands. This is a version of, <laughs> of my life that's probably never going to happen. And I think I have sort of romanticized this idea of, 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 people that that have that creative side um, because it's really far from the kind of life that I lead. But I felt like the universe was kind of pointing me in, the, in a direction where I was just going back to basics somehow. Um, <laughs> and I'm laughing at myself when I say this because going back to basics, like I've never been that kind of person. So there's been something inside of me that has felt this urge for some sort of change. Um, and the change that I that I needed to arrive at had to come from a place of slowing down for sure. So the past week has been my, you know, first complete week of maternity leave slash slowing down. Um, and it's been really, really different. It's been, it's been, it hasn't been at all what I told everybody it would be. <laughs> so I failed at that. Um, it hasn't been anything remotely related to, to being off or, or going on maternity leave. And I've also realized the fact that um, this this feeling of moving toward a place where I'm just really exhausted or overworked, it didn't come from the day-to-day -day regular work that I normally do. Um, it came from the responsibility of holding space for 50 or 55 people um, every day for two months without a break. <laughs> and I don't know why I couldn't distinguish those things, <laughs> but I kind of got to this place where like, I have to stop everything right now. And then, you know, the days kind of went on and the groups left and I got to settle into this more regular rhythm of what is life like when I don't have a group. Um, and I love the group so much. And what my life is like when I don't have a group, it's just, it's more spacious, not just in this emotional sense where I'm not holding, you know, the responsibility of caring for all these people at the same time for a long time in a row. But spacious in terms of I have options in my day where I can just decide, you know what? No. Today, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> Today, I don't feel like, you know, answering a single email, then I won't. And before I, I would always, like I would always need to have my inbox down to zero, stay on top of all the important emails. I always had a to-do list of things. Um, and I just wanted everything done all the time. Uh, and now, you know, <laughs> if I don't want to answer any emails, I just don't. I've had days this past week where I really wanted to answer some emails and then I did and I felt super productive and I got a lot of things done and I got to kind of open the door to some things that I haven't looked at in a while within the business that's been really important. I felt really purposeful in another way. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's like two o'clock and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to have coffee and go lie by the pool. And then I've done that. <laughs> so I've still been working. I've just allowed myself the space to just do what I feel versus, you know, because I've had those days in the groups, especially when I was sick, where like I'd wake up, you know, really, really not feeling well. And like, oh, if I could choose today, no, I don't want to go there and teach eight hours of classes today. Like I just, I'm not feeling that right now. But of course, there's no option where I leave a group hanging and like, sorry, guys, don't feel like it today. Um, there's versions of my life where that doesn't work, where I have responsibility and I have to stay in that flow of things and, and, uphold that that really sacred space that we're creating um so i think the pressure of not being able to choose when something has been 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 struggling throughout the program season that's been really heavy for me um 
And it's also been such a learning process and so, you know, beautiful in so many ways. Um, and that that kind of notion of, okay, well, what, what, would look, what would life look like if I just slow down a lot? It actually hasn't been so much about mm, like keeping my phone turned off all day or, you know, not touching anything with a 10-foot pole that's related to work or not taking a single meeting. It's been for me just the freedom to completely wake up every morning and just decide for myself. <laughs> So this past week, um, I've had some meetings and some things. Some of them I've canceled um, and it's been fine. It's been totally okay. It hasn't been an emergency end of the world and the people within the company, of course, understand and, you know, not a not a big thing. I uh, was a guest on a, on another podcast, on Jay Brown's podcast, uh, which was a really, really fun conversation. Super fun guy. I'll let you guys know when that podcast is out. We talked about basically about social media and yoga and that struggle in, in all the sense of, uh, of business. And um, also, what does it mean right now for people trying to make a living out of Instagram through through yoga and this strange kind of yoga space, um, which was really just enlightening for me to, to talk about that for a while. So I've done just, I've, I've worked, I've got a lot of stuff done this week, I feel, um, but not in that sense of like, I still feel like I gave myself so much space. And in that podcast that I was uh, that I was a guest on, uh, he spoke a little bit about you know learning to find work life balance. We talked about that a bit, and that it has to be more about subtracting things from your life. So versus this idea that we all have that we have to add and add and add and um, you know do more and work more and do better and always improve and we're always adding adding adding. And after a while, of course, we can't keep up that kind of pace. Um, and that it's more about subtracting things. So what can I remove? What can I let go of? What can I step away from? Where can I create space? And it wasn't until after our conversation and I was really sitting with that, like hmm, that this idea of subtracting things so that, you know, it makes sense. Of course, you take things away and then space opens up. And with that space, you, you relax or you wind down or, you know, you do nothing. For me, it doesn't work that way <laughs> at all, like at all, at all. And I had that experience just this week where like, okay, I'm going to have this whole day totally and do nothing. That's my day to day. I'm going to, you know, drop the baby off at daycare and then do nothing. So turn my phone off, turn the computer off. Uh, you know, every, all devices are off. So like, and then I would sit there, you know, and I would have like my coffee and I'd roll out my mat and I'd practice. And, you know, an hour later, like I'm done with that. And then I would sit there and I would feel this, this surmounting pressure <laughs> from inside of myself of like, Okay, do nothing. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Rest. Chill out. Do nothing. Do less. Do less. <laughs> and it's really hard, you guys. It's super hard. It's really hard for me to do nothing. And then what would I do? Well, I would find things to do instead. So like I would look around and I would sit and like, you know, have an hour of like coffee and and yoga and something chill. And then I get really bored and then I feel like, okay, well, I've, 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 I want to do something. Not just that I have to do something, but I want to do something. And I look around, I'm like, oh my God, I have to water all the plants. And then I water all the plants and then that takes 30 minutes and, that, and then that's done. And I'm like, oh man, what now? Okay, I can clean the house. Wait, I can reorganize the library, all of our books. And I just, you know, see these things that I can do and then I would just do them and as I'm doing them, like I'm reorganizing all these things, I feel kind of guilty because I'm supposed to do nothing. This idea of like, stop, stop, stop. So as I'm doing them, I'm not really enjoying the moment as much as I would have if I just let myself do the thing I want to do, right? And then what, what, what kind of struck me after this week is for me to make space and feel really 
good about slowing down. It's not about subtracting because if I subtract too much, I have the type of brain that just doesn't know what to do with that kind of space. So for me in my life, what I have to do to really wind down is I have to add things, but I have to add these really specific kind of scheduled pleasurable things in my life. Like yesterday, I had a a friend come over with her two kids. Um, They spent the whole afternoon here. So like from 1 p.m. all day long, all we did was chill by the pool and eat fruits and, you know, watch the babies play and talk shit and, you know, do nothing. And for the whole day, like I had not a single urge to check my phone, not a single urge to call anybody to, you know, what's going on here or, you know, not this feeling of, oh, I have to do something. I was just a really, really, really relaxing day for me. One of the most relaxing days that I've had. And it wasn't because I subtracted everything, but because I added something that was providing me space with that specific action, you know, that interaction with friends and, and with the kids. Um, other ways, you know, that I would add something like I would have to kind of, I'm adding in a yoga class here, which I know for me is a way to create space, but it's not so much about taking things away, but adding purposeful ways for me to just be totally immersed in whatever I'm doing. So it could be something as simple as I'm going to organize my whole closet today, which for some people could sound like this tedious chore and that's not being off and that's not slowing down and you're doing again. Yeah. But for me, that kind of doing, if I do it, you know, for the right reasons, and I can be really present in it, it's super relaxing to me. It actually is. It's, (laughs) I might be a weirdo that way. But if I look back at every challenging, like really intense work period I've ever had, I always end that work period with some domestic, like overhaul (laughs) of some sort. Like I come home, I look around the house and I'm like, okay, my transition from being on and kind of high wired and super working to chilling out and being off is comes through some sort of work that involves me doing without using my brain too much. Um, And it's been a really nice realization to have, actually, (laughs) that we all define, you know, the definition of slowing down and taking time off. It's super different for all of us. And if, if I have to have this idea that to be off, I have to do nothing and subtract everything from my life. It's just going to stress me out and put this pressure on me. And, and my, my brain just doesn't work really well with that. So instead, how can I add things that are non-work related, right? Non-technology related, non-phone related, um, non-meeting related, non-group related, just non-work related things that I can add to my day, but where I'm just present with something that's really simple, like cleaning the house like mopping the floor, like organizing my closet, like watering all the plants, like, you know, doing errands or whatever, stuff that I (laughs) normally don't have time to do. It's been super awesome. (laughs) I swear. I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to think I'm super weird when I say it's been super awesome to organize my closet. (laughs) It really has been. And I know astrologically right now, we're coming out of this retrograde that's been really challenging. And I'm not, you know, the astrology expert. I'm just taking what my friends tell me. Um, There was a new moon pretty recently uh, that was really related to clearing things out. And I've had that urge. Uh, And for everything that I can kind of purge a little bit, I just, I feel more spacious. I really do. I really do. So if I would look back at last week's podcast and be like, how has this week of maternity leave go? Um, I'm sure you guys would all agree that I, I haven't been on maternity leave, <laughs> but it's been really nice to have that, that kind of basic routine and the space to choose what I want to do. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. 
Dennis and I are from two very different places in the world. We always thought it would be interesting to take a DNA test to learn more about ourselves and our history and to compare our results. So we finally took action and made this happen. Soon we're going to receive our results from 23andMe. 23andMe is a DNA test that will help you understand your genes and what they can tell you about yourself and your family story. It's named for the 23 pairs of chromosomes that make up your DNA and it's super fun and easy to do. They send you a kit, you complete it, register your sample to your personal 23andMe account, mail it back to them, and in a few weeks you'll receive your personalized online report. You can learn amazing things like where your family came from, how your genes play a role in your wellness, appearance, muscle composition, sleep patterns, taste preferences, and more. Do your arms and legs twitch while you're sleeping? With 23andMe's sleep movement report, you can discover how your genetics may be influencing how much you move your limbs during your sleep. Or did you know that many people have a cilantro taste aversion? This comes from a specific genetic marker that makes cilantro taste soapy to certain people. Are you one of them? The holidays are fast approaching and the 23andMe DNA kit is the perfect gift for everyone you love. There's never been a better way to give the gift of genetic discovery to your parents, your siblings, your aunts, grandparents, and everyone else on the list. It's the one gift you can buy the entire family that will be unique for each loved one. Now through December 25th, get 30% off of any 23andMe kit. Order your DNA kit at 23andme.com slash yoga girl. That's the number 23andme.com slash yoga girl. Again, 23andme.com slash yoga girl. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. We have this little routine going now, which is kind of awesome for someone that doesn't get a lot of routine. I love this routine that we have going in the family where the baby wakes up around 7, 7.30. She has this thing where she does now where she'll stay in bed for an hour awake and just sing to herself like she just lies there and I'm like I don't know if I should like should I pick her up or not she's so content she's just chilling um so some days we let her stay in bed until eight but um uh and we have breakfast together and we light candles and we have this like really sweet pretty you know an hour in the morning and then Dennis gets ready and he takes her to daycare and then the house is empty and I'm here alone (laughs) I never get that that kind of that kind of space Um, And then I've had that choice to like, okay, what am I doing with my morning today? If I want to spend two hours doing yoga, I can do that. If I want to spend two hours immersing myself in work uh, and I have this to-do list that's somewhere, you know, and and I can get it done today or I can get it done tomorrow or next week. It's all cool. Like I don't feel that pressure to, to do and do and do. So (laughs) I got a, I got a really interesting email yesterday. Actually, I can't remember what, what her name was, but this Swedish girl who wrote me um, about from having listened to last week's podcast about her own urge to return to this sort of primal being inside of herself where none of this bullshit stuff that we think is really important, where none of it matters, right? So, um, and I think that sensation, I resonate with that so much and that's the, the epiphany or the learning that I'm leaning toward so, 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 so much. And and the signs that I feel all around are kind of guiding me toward that place, but then something pulls me back, like fear will pull me back or 
Uh, it's part of like I stopped shaving my legs for a while and it was so freeing. And the practice of not shaving your legs, it's not just, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> someone told me like, oh, so you can just laser your legs. You can just wax if you don't shave. I'm like, no, the, the practice of me not wanting to shave my legs is I just want to accept myself fully the way I am, like in this primal sense with, you know, what if we just didn't give a fuck anymore <laughs> in a really genuine way? And I can sense that side of myself, that there's this wild woman inside of me that doesn't give a shit about what other people think, even the remotely, like even at all, where I can be like all out Chewbacca and go to the beach and not care, right? There's this side of myself that that knows that it doesn't matter if I work or not, like as long as I can put food on the table for the kid, you know, the kid, sorry, I almost said the kids. There's only one kid. I'm not pregnant. Please don't take, <laughs> don't take that as something. I swear to you guys, to God, I'm not pregnant. Um, <laughs> but put food on the table for the family. Um, you know, like I don't have to be someone. <laughs> I don't have to become someone. I don't have to improve in any way um, or conform to this idea of what everyone else thinks that Rachel should be like. <sighs> and just saying that out loud feels really nice. Um, and I'm trying to, I said that last week that I feel like I'm on the cusp of this big realization and I, and I can sense, it's like I can taste something there and I know it's going to come with some sort of change. Uh, and when that girl wrote me that email about the primal being, I, I resonate with it so much because what would, what would my life look like if I fully let that wild woman inside blossom all the way, like a hundred percent all the way. <sighs> I think there's a lot of things that I would do differently to be honest. I mean, I think there's, I have this side of myself that, um, that cares a lot about what people think. I mean, you guys, you guys know that already. Um, this part of myself that really wants to please everybody. I want everybody to be happy all the time. I want everyone to be whole and safe and I want to save everyone. And, uh, you know, and then this, this side of myself that's really insecure about certain things. And sometimes I find that, um, like I'll get, I don't know, I had this happen the other day, we were going out to eat and for no reason, like I swear, like I was really meditating on it later, I couldn't find the trigger, but I just, we were going out to eat and I, we haven't been out and done anything in a, in a while and I put something on and it's this kind of dress that I really like and then we were on our way out and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wear this, like this, this dress, like it's just, no, not to this place where we're going, this place, like that's, it's just not going to be a good fit. Okay. I'm like, wait, I'm just going to change real quick. And then I change to something else. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what? No, I can't wear that. I think I changed clothes like 10 times. And it wasn't like we were going to an event. It wasn't like we were going to some big do, you know, it was just going out to eat. But I got in my head about that, whatever I was in or the space I was in or the way I looked in that moment just wasn't good enough. And then I couldn't get out of that space. So whatever I tried on just wasn't good enough. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that feeling, but I haven't really had a, a thing like that for a really long time where I try something on and then try something else on. It doesn't feel right. Like I've, I haven't had that feeling in a while. And it was, it was really, first of all, it's a really frustrating feeling. And I know that when I'm in a really good space, I can put a garbage bag <laughs> over my head or like cut a hole in it and then go outside and I'll feel super sexy. <laughs> you know, if I'm in a really good space, I'll, I'll open my closet and I'm like in awe of all the beautiful things I own and wow. And I look great in everything. It's, it's an inner thing. It has nothing to do with what that external, 
you know, whatever dress or, or outfit that you're trying to put on. But I just couldn't snap out of that space. And it was like, for every outfit I changed, the more I dug myself in the hole of, I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not good enough. I, I look really fat in this, or like, oh, wait, my hair, like I should have washed it, or oh, all of these, you know, these things going round and round and round in my mind, and my mind. And, and afterwards, because I came home to this mess of a closet, like I, in the end, of course, I went back to the original thing that I had, that I put on 20 minutes earlier and we went out and that was it. And, you know, and then I came back to this mess, like my whole bedroom was a mess full of clothes. And I was like, what was that? (laughs) It was like this tornado just overtook me of like, nope, not good enough in whatever you put on today, not good enough. And I couldn't pinpoint the trigger of what, what brought me into that space. So a part of me is wondering if there is this division inside of myself where I have this primal wild woman who just knows. Like she's this totally wise, super aligned, badass warrior of a woman who just doesn't take any shit from anybody, but she's also super compassionate and kind. She knows what she wants. She doesn't second guess or doubt herself. She knows that if anybody doesn't like what she says, it's their business, not hers, right? She has so much confidence. And then there's this other side of myself that I feel like is the side that's really easily swayed by what goes on around her. Um, this, This version where the side of me that sometimes scrolls scrolls through Instagram and starts thinking like, oh wait, I'm not you know I'm not doing well enough in this space. I have to change something. Or wait, like oh, I I should really like lose some weight here. Or wait, I should you know this kind of side of myself that's really really easily swayed into a space where nothing feels like it's good enough. And I know that that side of myself it's not who I truly am. Like I think this primal woman it's it's who I am at my core with a little bit of sophistication that has come from growing up in the society that we're in. But I would love it if I could figure out the switch between the two, you know, because I get that one side is this conditioned side because we grow up in that way. And I have to think about that all the time now. It's really, really challenging. Like I caught myself the other day that uh, I got got a new outfit for the baby and I put like a little bow in her hair that she loves to wear. And then I'm like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Like, let's go look in the mirror. And then we went to the mirror and, and she looks at herself and like, oh, she's smiling and she's like touching her little bow. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so gorgeous. You're the most beautiful girl in all of the land. And then I catch myself and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like this is not something that I want to want to emphasize in her life, right? And, and it, of course, it doesn't come from a negative place. Like I just think she's the most beautiful baby of all time. And sometimes I put something super cute on her and I'm like, oh my God, let's go look at the mirror. But if I continue making a big deal of the fact that she her exterior is really important or that she's super pretty when she puts on these specific things, uh, and I, d- I don't do that when she's, you know, in just her diaper or whatever, already now, and this is, I'm putting a pattern there for her. Isn't that, isn't that super sketchy? Like to me, it's just... I don't know. Like imagine if I did that every day, like we, whenever, or whenever she would put on something really girly or a dress or whenever she has a bow in her hair or whenever we've done something that's about, you know, the, the exterior that we ran over to the mirror and we like, you know, admire ourselves and oh my God, we made ourselves so pretty right now. Um, and then never doing that in that regular sense when she's in her PJs or just in her diaper or whatever, or just emphasizing that idea of like, look at that reflection of yourself and oh, how oh, you're so validated right now. And <laughs> I caught myself doing that. And of course, you know, it's not a terrible, it's not like we're all, we're terrible parents if we tell our babies that they're cute and we bring them to the mirror to look at themselves. But I can sense what 
what would happen or what sort of patterns I would begin to set in her just through that upbringing of having that because I had that right and it's not it's not like it's a it comes with a bad intention or anything but I grew up that way I really did I my whole life since I was little I I always used to hear like oh she's such a beautiful such a beautiful girl you're such a beautiful girl um and and I heard that since I was since I was really little I think I mean I can remember like six seven eight years old I was the the really beautiful girl and oh my god and my I had this long hair and everybody was said I was so beautiful in my long hair and and when I wore that outfit or I did that and and I, I think when I became a teenager really early, I, I realized or I understood that it's really important, right? It's super important how I look. It's important that I keep that beauty going all the time because I had so much validation from it my whole life. Being beautiful is a really important thing, right? Because people always told me that. Uh, looking beautiful is really important. Um, my, my mom, she struggled with eating disorders almost her whole life. Um, was bulimic when she was pregnant with me all the way up until then. So of course she has, you know, her own patterns that came from her own upbringing of what's really important and being thin and being skinny and being small. And I had a lot of that imprinted in me just from looking at her, looking at herself in the mirror, right? And the things that she would tell herself or dieting or working out a lot or going for runs all the time or kind of saying negative things about herself and all of that. Like I think we pick up so much from our surroundings and it's really, 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 really hard to change it. Crazy hard to change it. And I wish I had had, I mean, we can wish we get, we, have, we all have the perfect upbringing because we get, what well, we get what we get, right? We can't change what we've had. Um, but I'm, I wonder like, would I have had as challenging the most challenging time or one of the most challenging times of my life was of course my, my teenage years. And a lot of it came with this immense feeling of not being worthy, right? Of not being good enough. I always felt like I was really fat. I always felt like everyone else was more beautiful than me. I felt this big pressure to uphold this idea of being super beautiful all the time and put on a ton of makeup. And I was 12 the first time I, I padded my bra Um and pretended I had boobs when I didn't have boobs. And and I had that just from such a young age, just this, it's so important to look beautiful. It's so important to look beautiful according to these standards. And now, you know, not that I did that with my baby, I don't want to exaggerate just that moment, but I can see how that conditioning inside of myself is going to automatically transfer in my behavior around and toward my daughter if I'm not super, super conscious about that. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Dennis proposed to me in Hawaii and the next year we were married in a castle in Sweden with an aisle made of white sand like our home beaches in Aruba. The best weddings nail all the little details and for help putting all of your details together, I recommend you check out Zola. Zola is the wedding company that will do anything for love. They reinvented the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moments in couples' lives even happier. With your dream wedding registry, affordable save-the-dates and invitations and easy-to-use planning tools, Zola lets you conveniently manage everything from A to Z online in one place. It makes such a difference. Over 500,000 happy couples can attest to it. Start by creating your free wedding website. There are over 100 beautiful website designs to choose from that fit any style and every type of wedding. Add in cute photos, stories about how you met, travel and accommodation information, and anything else you want to truly personalize your very own wedding website. Then add your Zola registry. Guests can get all the details they need for your big day and even buy your wedding gift in one beautiful and convenient place. There are over 500 top brands that can be found, and Zola has thought of it all. 
price pointed gifts means there's something for every guest to buy. And of course, they offer free shipping and returns, price matching, and more. There's a little added bonus too. You can get 20% off of the remaining gifts on your registry starting right after your big day. It's all in the name of love. Use Zola for your big day. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off of your registry on Zola, go to zola.com slash yoga girl. That's zola.com slash yoga girl to start your free wedding website and receive $50 off of your registry on Zola. Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash yoga girl. And imagine if not just if I had that validation from um, from creating things, you know, maybe um, you know, doing well in school or creating things or yeah, it's more things that have more to do with our intelligence. And I was always really smart growing up too, but I never sensed that I got the same validation from being smart uh, as I did being beautiful. So it became more important to me to be really beautiful than it did to to continue um, to continue studying or to continue developing that sense of, of intelligence or knowing. Uh, so if I had to choose, you know, I, I would skip school and, and, and go shopping or shoplifting. Like I did that in my teen years all the time. But then there's a whole other level to that. Uh, what about feeling validated just because we are, <laughs> right? Not having to do anything to be worthy of, of confirmation, of validation and of love. Not having to, you know... <laughs> to look like something special or be beautiful, but also not have to succeed at anything, not have to be smart, not have to get all A's, not have to do well. You know, what if we could have that validation just for being who we already are, just for being exactly the way we are in this moment? And how can I, how can I instill that in my daughter that yeah, of course, like I want to, I want her to do well in school and to pursue her dreams and uh, to work hard and, and all of these things. But I want her to grow up with a sense of total, total security and trust and knowing that she's worthy, no matter what, like this foundation of worthiness that's there. And then to be able to take that anywhere she goes and not feel less worthy or more worthy because of how she looks or how she excels or how she does and the things that she, you know, accomplishes. It's a really, 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 really challenging, <laughs> challenging thing to even talk about. <laughs> Parenting, man. Like, what is there? Is there a guidebook? <laughs> I feel like when you birth your baby, they should hand you some sort of manual, <laughs> like year by year, you know, like, and it would be nice if it was this universal manual centered in just total unconditional love not in anything else and that, that you could just follow when things get challenging and maybe we get handed that and maybe that's what I'm trying to connect back to by trying to slow down and access that wild woman inside and not the woman that's been conditioned through years of just living in the society that we live in. I think it's easier to listen to the wild woman when I'm not stressed out of my mind. <laughs> that, that I know is truth. I think it's easier to access that confidence, that primal just confidence of just taking up space and being proud of the way I am, exactly the way I am. Um, when I have space to to just sit and be and, and and you know focus on what's really important. Of course, I think these things are really intertwined. <sighs> but it's 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 not an easy thing to navigate. And I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong, you know? Is there such a thing as telling your baby she's too beautiful all the time? <laughs> is there such a thing? I know there's, there's, no, you know, you, you can't overlove a child like that. I 100% agree with. I don't think there's such a thing as telling your child you love them too many times. 
but I also know that there's no such thing as perfect parenting and we do the best we can with what we have and we're conditioned the way we are. So of course it's going to show up in, um, in everything we share with our children. Man, it's, it's really, really, really challenging. And I can see that already. Actually, yesterday, when I uh, the friends that I the friend I had come over who brought her her daughters to the house, uh, her youngest daughter is three months older than Leah Luna, and we actually had the first big moment uh, of of a challenge with her. So even at daycare and when she hangs out with other kids, she's always been really good at sharing. She's always really easygoing. She's, um, you know, she's not like the the wildest kid in, in her class. She's also not the shyest one. You know, she she's assertive, but she's not, you know, super, super stubborn either. Um, and then we were, they were here playing. I don't know if it was because they're like exactly the same age, same height, same sight, same size. They're really, really similar. Um, there was, they were, we were playing with balls. There was like a basketball, a football, three tennis balls, and then another little weird ball that we had. And then my friend's daughter had this other little weird ball and Looney's wanted that ball and only that ball just because the other baby took it and she lost her shit. <laughs> she just completely lost her shit. And, you know, she's yelling for this ball and I'm giving her the other balls and she's like, no, she wants that ball. And she starts screaming. And then I'm trying to explain, you know, we have to share things and it's okay. We have so, look how much we have, you know, she can have that one ball. It's okay. She wants to play with it right now. You can play with all these things. And then later, you know, you can play with that ball later when she's left. And she just, the more I tried to explain it in this calm sense, the, the more she just escalated this side of, I don't know. She just, it was like the world had ended because she couldn't have that one single ball that she couldn't have. And before I know it, she's wailing, crying these huge, huge tears. Like she's legitimately so sad and so upset. And then she points and she's like, my ball, <laughs> mean ball. And she said it in Swedish and she hasn't, she hasn't really connected those two words before. Mine is one of the first times I heard her say really like, that's my ball. And she looks at me with this, these big eyes like, and she's right. <laughs> she's right. I'm like, yeah, actually, you know it is your ball. <laughs> I know. And by now, you know, it's, it has been going on for a while. And I'm kind of like this other kid, like, can she just like, let, let the fucking ball go? <laughs> like, Hey kid, let's, can we communicate? Like you're three months older. You can see there's like a situation here now. Like, how about you play with this other ball and let Leah have this ball. We share a little bit back and forth. Like, come on, like work with me here. And this other kid is just like, fuck you. <laughs> it's my ball. Now I'm taking this ball home. <laughs> And it became this whole drama and I'm just, and Luna's looking at me, she's like, but mom, like, you know, and I just, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and I know this is, you know, the first of probably what's going to be many, many, many moments of, of the same where, you know, she's entering an age where sharing gets really hard and, and all of that. Um, and I'm going to have to learn how to navigate it, but I just didn't know what to do. Cause I was like, Hey, honestly, yeah, kind of after a while I was like, I think, I think it's your ball, but you know, I don't think it, it's cool by me if I snatch this ball out of this other kid's hand right now. So we're just going to have to sit here and be upset about it together. <laughs> so we just sat down and I let her cry and, you know, eventually she got distracted and, you know, we did something else and it was all cool, but it was really one of those moments where, Whoa, like, I don't know what to do right now. It's like this whole thing. And, and, and she's not even two years old, right? She's not even two years old. <laughs> and some of the things that I felt really good about and how we're racing her so far. I mean, she, 
She plays with cars. She loves trucks and buses. And her favorite thing right now is airplanes. And yeah, she also has a doll. And you know, she 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 puts on dress. If she gets to choose, like she has this dress that she likes, and she likes to put bows in her hair. So she has this girly side, and then things that have traditionally been like you know, boys play with this and girls play with that. I'm keeping everything super neutral. So whatever she gravitates towards that we play with and everything is is cool and chill. And at her daycare, it's not like that. And at her daycare, they have this, I mean, everybody's kind of old school, but they have the definite boys area where like all the cars and monster trucks and trains and the stuff is like all over there and this big carpet that's like with car stuff. And then they have this corner where they have all the dolls and there's like this little kitchen corner where they pretend bake and, and all this stuff. And I don't know, I don't think the teachers push them in certain directions, but like all the girls are playing over there by the baking stuff. And then I see like Leia Luna playing over there with the cars and all the boys. So at one point I had to talk to Dennis. I'm like, hey, you know, how how open is the daycare you think to the idea of 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 being more gender neutral, of not having to be pushed in this box of girls do this and boys do that, or girls, you know, are pretty and princesses and play with dolls and you know bake and cook right and boys you know you're playing with your cars and you're out doing stuff um or out in the playground you know being crazy or whatever um and he's like honestly like i really don't know i don't know if that's a conversation you want to have over there (laughs) you know she's only there a couple of hours a day it's not that big a deal maybe you don't have to like he's always concerned that i'm opening this can of worms with people everywhere we go but still like it's it's I've already at this young age, she's not even two years old, four hours a day she's at daycare. I mean, just three or three to five days a week, depending on the week. Four hours a day. Like it's it's not a lot of time. But it is a lot of time. You know, she takes really long naps. <laughs> she naps two to three hours a day. She's awake like seven to seven. So think about that. She's awake seven to seven. She naps two to three hours. <laughs> That's already nine hours, like I don't know, ten nine or ten hours left. And then she has four hours that she's at daycare, like that leaves like five hours that I have to imprint my own with her in a week. And what if at daycare, they're super intense? I don't know if that's the case. And that we love her daycares. If anyone from daycare is listening, we totally love you. <laughs> Sometimes I always like, I feel like <laughs> people can, yeah, don't, don't, don't think I'm speaking poorly of them because I'm totally not. But there are these ingrained structures in our society, and we see them way more here in Aruba being a, you know, a Caribbean island than we do in Sweden, for instance, which is, I think, one of the more gender neutral countries in the world, or one of the more equal countries in the world, at least. Um, what if they are super intense about that there when I'm not around? Like, I don't know the, the stories that they tell, and I know that's going to be the case for her the rest of her life. She's going to have to go to school, she's going to have babysitters, she's going to have other people influencing her, right? And eventually she's going to have tv and magazines and maybe eventually she'll have like some version of whatever social media will look like (laughs) in 15 years or you know it's 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 not just going to be me right who decides there's going to be this point where i can only do so much for her and whatever i can control now in terms of the the types of things i want her to be exposed to i i really want to make sure that that's good shit (laughs) And I know we all feel that way about our children. And I don't want her to already at two years old gravitate toward the the fake kitchen and the dolls uh, because she's pushed it. Maybe she wants to organically totally go there and that's in her heart and soul. Sure. Um, but since that's not really what society tells us, right? And I don't want her to grow up thinking that it's 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 super important to be beautiful. Like, like validation lies in being beautiful. Of course, I want her to feel beautiful because she is the way 
all children are beautiful, the way we're all beautiful, the way we all have this have this inherent beauty inside of ourselves, that being kind is a really beautiful quality to have, to live with your heart, you know, right here. But not this idea that you have to look a specific way or that you have to, that it's important, that exterior side. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Things are a little switched up in my family right now. I'm taking a little bit of time off to stay home with the baby while Dennis is back to work full-time at Island Yoga. On the first day he was gone, I realized there's no one at home to make my morning cup of coffee anymore. So I've been making my own with the help of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. Four Sigmatic brews contain powerful antioxidants, immune boosters, superfoods, and of course, we can't forget mushrooms. The blends create a surprisingly delicious super drink with really great health benefits too. You can stay focused on the present moment while keeping your health on track for days to come. Compared to your average brew, Four Sigmatic is less acidic and won't give you the jitters. Plus, it boosts brain activity, decreases stress, and improves your memory, concentration, and alertness to power you through all the days, whether you're in office or at home with your little ones. You will find only the highest quality of mushrooms, superfoods, and other ingredients in Four Sigmatic blends. They make sure their recipes are free from pesticides, mycotoxins, and other harmful chemicals. Luckily, since I'm on my own now, the coffee is so easy to make. Just rip open the bag and mix with hot water or nut milk. I even like adding the package to my favorite smoothie in the morning. Four Sigmatic offers everything from mushroom, coffees, elixirs, hot cacaos, and matchas. And I'm loving the matchas right now. They contain ingredients with powerful doses of lion's mane mushroom and ginger. My favorite. It's a matcha made in heaven. Try it for yourself and find what you love best. Right now, when you head to foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl, you'll get 15% off of your entire order. That's 15% off of any order placed on Four Sigmatic's website, but you have to use Use my special URL, foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl. That's spelled F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash yoga girl. Oh man, the more I think about this, the more, the more terrified I feel because now it just hit me. You know, she sees me shaving my legs all the time. <laughs> so if I got to choose what kind of what kind of woman or teenager or young woman would I want her to to grow into? The kind that feels like she has to shave her legs because society tells her or the kind that doesn't give a shit? <laughs> the kind that doesn't give a shit. Obviously, I want her to grow into that way. But if she grows up watching me shave my legs reluctantly because I fucking hate shaving my legs. I hate it. I hate it so much. Shaving my legs is my least favorite thing to do. I would rather take out the trash and that's like my least favorite chore than shave my legs. I hate it. 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 Um, I do. I know I've spoken about this on the podcast and also on Instagram story before. I hate it so much. Um, and the reason, you know, and, and I'm not one of those Swedish blonde people who just have like scars, little blonde hair on my legs. Like I have friends who are like, yeah, but I stopped shaving my legs and I feel so free now. And I look at their legs and I'm like, you have the leg of like a five-year-old child. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Doesn't count if you have like blonde little hair. It's like I have, and we get this from my... <laughs> from my grandma all the women in my family like we have like the hint of a beard we have like really serious black hairs covering us like waist to ankles like I kid you not and <laughs> I go through these phases of you know I hate shaving my legs I really don't like it it takes me forever and I have to do it every day or every other day it's not like once a week I you know hunker down in the shower <laughs> and I shave it's like I have to shave every other day 
that's what it is we live in aruba i'm always wearing shorts or a bikini or you know i'm always it's not like i'm in sweden and my legs are covered half of the year and i can not care no um and there's always that moment where i just okay fuck it i hate shaving my legs i'm not gonna do it anymore i let myself grow wild chewbacca style and i feel really good about it and i even have these moments where like like i can i find myself on the couch and i'm like petting myself on the shins or like my legs i'm like oh my god this hair like it's really beautiful like i it's this like little carpet of these tiny little hairs that i have that like i was born this way right i was just born this way like i'm i'm supposed to have these hairy legs because it's who i am right i'm born that way so then i'm like why do i give myself so much shit like who cares And then I feel really good about it. Like my wild woman is like, you go girl. Like, yes, yes. Don't do anything that doesn't bring you joy. If shaving your leg brings you joy, keep shaving your legs. I'm not judging anybody here. Keep shaving your legs. But if it doesn't, and it's this strenuous thing or this burden or this thing that you hate that you do because of, why keep doing it, right? And this is the challenge that I sit with. So I'll do that for a while. I feel really good about it. Dennis makes a lot of jokes. It's okay. Like, you know, he loves me no matter what. And then we'll have like this outing, inevitably this this is what happens we have this outing and it's usually i don't know like a beach barbecue and it's this gathering where a lot of people are going to be there and friends and friends of friends and acquaintances and all this stuff and i put on my shorts and my bathing suit and i like look at myself and i'm like yeah and i just feel i don't know i just feel like i'm going to be so judged if i go to that outing looking like Chewbacca. And I know objectively, like probably, actually people do care. <laughs> the times that I've done that, like I, the, the last time, I don't know, a month or two ago when I didn't shave for a, for a while, I went to get a pedicure and the guy, it was a guy who was giving me a pedicure. He's like, who mama been too busy to shave lately or what? <laughs> and I was like, no, actually I've stopped shaving. He was like, oh yeah, you know, I follow you on Instagram. So I know you're very busy. We don't always have time for that. It's okay. You know, just whenever you have the time, make sure you do it. And I was like, uh, actually I've chosen to stop shaving by choice. I don't want to shave again. And he like gasped. He was like, <gasps> and he put his hand to his mouth like, oh my God, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it became this whole conversation that we had at the, the salon about, about shaving and why do we do it? And how do we, he was like, well, you know, I can give you a really good tip. So you can bleach your hair on your legs. They have special things that do it. You cover your legs with this and it can sting your skin a lot, but it bleaches it. And then you do that and that, and then at least it's blonde. And I'm like, you're not getting my point. My point is to just accept myself for who I am, right? With everything that comes along with it, like a thousand percent. So anything I would do, like, it's not like, oh, you don't like shaving? We'll go wax. No, waxing is like worse than shaving. It's not the, the point. That's not the point. The point is to embrace myself the way I am, not go through these fine loopholes to try to make my hair blonder or scarcer or whatever, just to be the way I am. But then I get to that place where there's an event and I feel like I'm going to be so judged and maybe I will be, maybe people have more important things to think about than my leg hair. Probably people don't give a big, you know, a lot of fucks, but it's so ingrained in me that women are supposed to be hairless. <laughs> I, you know, grew up watching my mom shave and watching my mom. She had this, what's it called? This, in Swedish, we call it an epilator. It's like this thing that pull, it's like a little machine that you plug in the wall and it pulls the hairs out with the roots. And she would like go on the living room floor or out on the, on the, on the patio or the balcony. And she would like, you know, bite something and like, oh, and she would almost like scream at the pain that it, that it, you know, 
took to, to pull this the roots of her hair out of her legs. And I saw that my whole life growing up. And I never in my life saw any celebrity, anyone on TV, anyone in any magazine or online or whatever that wasn't completely smooth all the time. So I grew up with this idea that, yeah, like like having hair in your legs, it's not a womanly thing to do. You know, it's it's gross or it's dirty or it's it's disgusting. It's whatever. So at the end of the day, every time we have one of those outings, I end up like going into the bathtub and then I shave. And afterwards, you know, there are those five minutes after you've shaved where you feel really good about it. Like, oh, it's so smooth. Like it looks so, it looks so clean, so smooth. And then the next day it's like, you know, there's like a, it's grown out enough to, to bother me and to like not be smooth anymore. And then I regret all of it. And it's like, oh, why did I do that? Why couldn't I just like stand up for myself and be the hairy woman at the party? <laughs> But that's what it is. And it's hitting me now that I'm just talking about this, like Looney's watches me the way I watched my mom, you know, the way my mom watched her mom do her things, the way we've all watched our mothers do what women do for generations to please men, to please society, to please the world so that we're not an inconvenience, so that we fit in this tiny little box that says, this is what a woman is supposed to be. Fuck that box. (laughs) Fuck that box fucking box i i'm so done with it and for me you know the the hair and the shaving that's a big piece for you maybe it's putting on makeup maybe it's following trends and staying fashionable maybe it's being really skinny (laughs) maybe it's like being domestic maybe it's being a mom maybe it's like we all have versions of this that really doesn't sit well with us actually like when we really look at it where conforming ourselves to fit into this box actually starts to rub up against something really important inside of us for me, it's the hair. Like that's a major one. Um, actually, I, I enjoy putting on makeup. Like I, I, I'm not putting on makeup to please the rest of the world. Like I enjoy putting on, on makeup when I do it. I don't always do it. I'm oftentimes like without makeup at all for weeks on end. I don't feel lesser than when I'm not wearing makeup. And I don't feel like I'm better when I wear makeup. I just sometimes I enjoy makeup. Sometimes I don't. So that for me is not the problem. For me, this hair thing is a big problem. What is yours? Right? I think that's that's where what I really, what I really want to get at here. Like what part of your life or what have you conformed to if it's a, something that you do every day, every week, every month that you do to fit into this box or this idea of what we have to do because we're conditioned to do it, but it actually doesn't feel good to do it. Right? It's actually rubbing up against something inside of you that says this is bullshit. I hate shaving my fucking legs. It's a ginormous waste of time. I want to be this primal woman that that is the way she is because she wants to be the way she is. And maybe one day that woman wants to be totally hairless, right? And then that's my choice to do that. Maybe one day I want to just be covered in hair head to toe and then it's my choice to do that. And I want to feel equally confident with either side of that spectrum because it's my choice, right? So it's not about we should all go go all out natural like and and never shave and never put on makeup and never do our hair and never do anything no it's about we should all do only the things that feel totally authentic to us we should do the things that resonate with our inner voice we should do the things that build us up that bring us joy that make us feel confident and here and whole and like we belong in this world truly and anything that counters that that separates us more we need to cut that shit out We all need to cut that shit out at the very least for the sake of our daughters, for the sake of our sons, so that they have more of a chance to grow up into a space where they feel totally, totally confident in knowing that they can be exactly the way they are 
and that they're equally worthy of love no matter what. And it's not just in what we tell them, it's what we tell ourselves, right? It's not just it's not just the things we tell them, you know, you're, you're beautiful. Yeah, but am I telling myself that? Because she's going to grow up seeing me talking to myself. She's going to grow up seeing me doing all of these things to myself. So I can tell her, you know, honey, you never have to shave in a million years. Hair is beautiful. It's natural. It's part of, it's part of being a woman. It's totally gorgeous. Whatever you want, do it, do it for you. If she watches me shave every hair off of my body, you know, her whole life, then yeah, chances are she's going to grow up feeling like there is something wrong with having hair on your legs. And I don't want that for her. I don't want that for her. Wow, this podcast brought me some serious <laughs> insight, man. <laughs> I love this podcast so much. I love this mic so much. I love sitting here talking to you. I love the fact that you're listening. I love the fact that I get to arrive at these Oh, I'm one step closer to this massive epiphany, you guys. This is touching it. I feel it really like I'm grasping it right now. So I'm not shaving my legs. <laughs> Entering another cycle of not shaving my legs right now. Um, if you find something that resonates inside of you, something that you want to change, something that you want to remove, something that you want to add, <sighs> And maybe you have to slow down a little bit, maternity leave, maternity leave, to arrive at that place where you can listen to what your inner wild woman says or your inner wild man, if you're a man and you're listening. You know, find that one thing that really doesn't resonate with your being and change it. Mm, tell me what it is. I really want to hear it. I want to hear what it is. I, uh, I, I love having these conversations with you. Um, share it with me on Instagram. Talk to me. Write me a comment. Send me an email, direct message, anything. Just talk to me. Let's, let's, let's share this together. And if anyone wants to stop shaving their legs together with me, today is the day. Okay. <laughs> today is the day. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I'm just like, crazy excited to see what next week is going to bring because whoa <laughs> i'll see you next week thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if you enjoyed this episode be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of from the heart conversations with yoga girl you can find them all on yogagirl.com or on apple podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts and don't forget to leave a review while you are there Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, 23andMe, Zola, and Four Sigmatic. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>